Father, I thank you for your spirit, that where the spirit is made Lord, there's liberty. Jesus, you are Lord over your church, and Holy Spirit, we make you Lord in your church. And we allow now, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Jesus, to be released in this room and online. May we mix your word with faith today. May we not just hear it, but may there be a mixture with our faith to the saving or making whole of our souls. We give you this time now. Change us from the inside out, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you don't have the notes, would you lift your hands? We've got uh, an inaugural usher today, Jim Jett. Come on. Thank you, Jim. He's amazing. He's going to get you the notes. I have some passages there that we won't look at today, but they're for, for deep dive uh, later in your studies. Um, you know, you hear a lot of messages in January uh, over the years. I've heard a lot on the new year, you know, what's God saying for the new year, fresh vision for the new year. I didn't have a big word last year for 2020. I'm glad I didn't in the sense of, <laughs> it's going to be, you know, I just, I, I'm not getting nothing, you know. But, uh, but, and that's really good. I mean, it's good to have a message in, you know, on, in the new year about, about looking forward and vision. But I felt a little different leading this year. I was sensing the Lord have us to do what he instructed the Israelites to do when they entered into a new season, when they crossed over the Jordan River into the promised land. What God instructed them to do was to look back on what had just happened and to give thanks. Now, this is kind of a part two from last week because I shared last week about looking back on 2020 and being thankful because I continue to hear all week, oh, 2020 is so, you know, and I understand the challenges, but God did a lot of things last year. A lot to be thankful for. But this is a little, this is a part two in which I want to zoom in on Joshua chapter four and the erecting of memorial stones that the Israelites did as their first act in the promised land. And so I believe that God told Joshua to set up memorial stones because he was wanting them, in his divine way, he he knew that was essential to preparing their heart for the battles that lay ahead, for the challenges that lay ahead. God's, his wisdom and leadership is perfect. I love his leadership and his ways are higher than our ways. And so this is under Joshua Once they got into the promised land, there were a lot of battles that they were going to face as they took possession of the land. One of my, actually my favorite Bible teacher, he's gone to be with the Lord now, Derek Prince, said this about Joshua and the promised land. He said, under a leader named Joshua, God's people were led into a promised land. Now, for us as believers, under a leader named Jesus, God's people are being led into a land of promises. Theirs was a promised land, literally. Ours is a land of promises. uh, People have counted over 8,000 promises in God's word for us. And 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all of his promises are yes 
for us. God says, I want you to have these. And the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. And so just like the Israelites had to fight for every piece of ground in the promised land, we've got to fight for the promises to be appropriated in our lives. It requires a fight. Just because God says it's yours doesn't mean we don't have to fight for it. And so there's a contending, because I believe even in the contending, our hearts draw closer. We move God's heart more as we fight the fight of faith. And so just like they had to fight, we have to fight for health, for provision, for victory over sin and temptation. It requires a battle. I wish I could tell you that 2021 was just going to be smooth sailing. No problem. Like, um, I didn't see The Grinch You Stole Christmas movie, but I saw, I, I grew up watching the cartoon, and so I haven't, don't know what else on that, but I do know the cartoon of The Grinch You Stole Christmas. At the end, all the little who's in Whoville are just singing, and it's like kumbaya moment, and there they are, and... I wish I could tell you 2021 was going to be like that. I mean, they're all happy because, you know, the Grinch got a bigger heart. He had a a little heart, then he had a bad heart, and it was like three sizes too small, and then it grew and grew, and and I was remembering, because I haven't seen this cartoon in forever, but they were the who's and who, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Not Jim Carrey version. I don't know what that version is. A little creepy. I looked at it. But. but the Who's in Whoville, they got all their Christmas taken from them, and then they're out there singing anyway. And I think that's a word for us. And that touched the Grinch in all of us, right? We need to praise our way. All right, I, I'll, I'll get off of that. <laughs> but I do, I wish, I, you know, it would be so nice to my flesh to say no more battles this year. But the truth is, I, I believe we are still caught up in the Psalm 2 end time drama that King David prophetically described in which the nations are undergoing a demonically fueled rage against Jesus, against the anointed ones, against the the church, against Israel. There's a demonically fueled rage against good government, against ethical government, against honest elections, against law and order, against the unborn in their mother's wombs. There is a rage going on, and we've got to be prepared. And God prepared the Israelites by saying, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to erect a memorial. I want you to put stones. When you crossed over the Jordan River on dry land, when you crossed the river, the Lord parted the waters. You crossed over on dry land, and he instructed them to take stones and carry them from the middle of the Jordan to the other side and erect a memorial. I believe the darkness is still increasing and we've got to be prepared, but I believe we can walk in victory this year. I believe we can walk in divine power, divine insight, and divine courage. But it's part of this is going to be us remembering 
with thankfulness times when God has moved in our past. Not just this last year, but over our life. That that I'm trusting even now, he will refresh to you times when God stepped in. Because that's going to help us in the days ahead. Darkness is going to increase, Isaiah 60 says, but the Lord will arise over you. I want to just read this. Just let the word do what the word does, okay? Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. We can rise up this year and walk in victory in part because we have memorials encouraging us. In Joshua 4, God didn't say just go in. He said, I want you to erect a memorial because left to your own devices, you're going to forget what I did for you. Think about it for a second. It's so normal for us in the busyness and stress of life to forget what God did. And when we do that, it changes the way we live in the present. When we forget what God has done, we we begin to start to live in the present with fear and anxiety and worry. But when we remember what he's done, it helps us to live with faith and confidence in the present circumstance that we're in. And it helps us to live with hope in the future for what God's circumstances are going to be for us in the future. And so we are equipping ourselves with this. Let's look at Joshua 4. And it came to pass when all the... It's it's in your notes there. It came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where your priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you will answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial for the children of Israel forever. So what we find here, there were actually two memorial stacks. Okay, there was one in the Promised Land and one in the Jordan River. We'll see later on you look in Joshua 4, because Joshua was then instructed to, to, to put a stack of stones in the middle of the dry land as well. well. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there were actually two memorials erected. But what we find here is similar to what happened to the Israelites 
when they crossed the Red Sea. The Lord parted the Red Sea miraculously so that they could escape Pharaoh's army. Here, the Lord is parting the Jordan River, and they're leaving. Instead of leaving Pharaoh's army, they were leaving their 40 years of wandering. Now, how many of you thought, maybe I kind of wandered a little in 2020? There was a lot of, a lot of it. We were all discombobulated in a lot of ways. There was, there was a lot of wandering, and there was a lot of wondering. Now, when you say wandering, I mean, I know you know the Lord, and He was bringing you back to Him, but things were changed. Things were different. And there was a lot of wondering what's going on. Wondering when you watch the news, when you see things. Well, I believe God wants us to have less wondering this year about things, and he wants to fill our hearts with more wonder at his beauty and his greatness. As we set ourselves before him, he wants us to to be energized and, and touched by the wonder of his beauty, inquiring of the Lord. And that's why so much this prayer room is a place for us to take time to sit before the Lord and allow him to touch our hearts with wonder. That's the kind of wonder I want in my life. So I encourage you to, to take that time this year to allow that, that kind of wonder to take over. So here's what, here's what was happening. Uh, the Lord had, I'll just kind of act it out in a not stones, because if I, if I actually picked up stones and carried them on my shoulder, you know, we might have to call... We might have to call help. So just kind of picture with me here. This is the, y'all are the Jordan River, okay? You're flowing from here to there or there to here. And, and so along the way, the Lord parts the Jordan River. So the, the, the river that was flowing stops. And so as, you're, as you're walking along, he says, pick up stones. I'm very strong here, right? And I put it on your shoulders and carry it across. Now, there were over a probably most people say there were over a million people. So it wasn't just a few people, you know, a five-minute deal. The river parted, and they walked over on dry land, a million. And when they came across, he said, the first thing I want you to do is pick 12 people from, 12 men from the tribe. So he was saying, pick a representative from the whole nation. I want the whole nation represented. And when you get across, where you're going to sleep that night at Gilgal, I want you to put the stones and and pile them up. And uh, so I got another one right here. He said 12. So here's two. And I need some brave volunteers. There are Kleenex boxes. I'd like two, 12 minus 2 is 10. Could I have 10 boxes stacked up here just as a visual example? Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Now, this is a lot safer, right? Amen. So 12 is biblical, so we'll, we'll make sure there's a count of 12. All right. My wife's a math major, so we're 12. We need one more. Thank you. Thank you. Now, 
This is Kleenex boxes and stuff from the storage closet, but what are the memorial stones for us? What are they for us? They can be a number of things, short answer. They are ways to recollect what God has done. They can be objects of a time when God moved. I have things in my office that are like memorial stones, this school bus. Gary, you know what this is about. One of our elders here. There's a, a word over River in the Hills that Jesus is driving the bus. And it's so powerful the way it came that when someone got me this school bus, and I have it in the office there on the shelf, as an object to remind me I'm not riding, driving this bus. Todd's not driving the bus. Jesus is driving the bus. He's leading us. This is literally a, a stone from Mount Sinai. It's, uh, it's a friend of mine. It reminds me of my friendship with Pastor Leon Clift, who was on staff with me in East Texas, a prophetic man who actually came to Austin to help start Church on the Rock in Austin years ago. But he went to Mount Sinai and he got me this, this stone, and I keep it in there, yes, because of Mount Sinai in Israel, but also as a way of thanking God for the friends that he's put in my life over the years. So memorial stones can be objects, they can be uh, photos, they can be all kinds of, of things like that. They can be um, so Cynthia... Where's Cynthia? You back here? You shared this week in, in our prayer time about a tent peg. And, you know, it was a really cool story how God had, had a tent peg waiting for her as a part of that scripture about stretching out your tent pegs. Well, if you, if you had that, that would be a, a memorial stone. Suzanne and I, when we were dating, we went to a revival in Dallas of a church that had so many, they'd met every night uh, an evangelist named Norval Hayes was leading those meetings in the 80s. And there were so many people healed that they had affixed around the walls of the church crutches and wheelchairs hanging off the, all around. What did that do? Hey, we got room on our walls, by the way. Those were memorial stones. You look at them. Imagine you coming in on crutches, and you see all those? Mostly, for most of us, we have a few things like that, souvenirs, things like that, but for most of us, and anniversaries also, wedding anniversaries, memorial stones. We're, we're going to be 34 years married this month. Yeah. Wedded bliss, complete bliss, just sunshine and everywhere. Anyway, mostly, and you all know how I feel. Yeah, I'm not going to gush, okay, but she is my hero. Yeah. Uh, mostly testimonies are, I mean, mostly memorial stones are testimonies that we remember, that we pass on of God's faithfulness. Times when God showed up in answer to our cry. 
or times when God showed up as we stepped out in faith. You see, those the priests, unlike the Red Sea, the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they stepped into the running river. Now, I've been in the Jordan to the Jordan River. I've been baptized in the Jordan River. It was, it was up to here. Now, you're carrying the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Lord. And they didn't know this yet, but later on, Yuzah tried to reach out and touch, stabilize the Ark, and he got struck down. So we're, we're, we're talking faith to step out into a river that's running. But they had the Ark. They had the presence of the Lord with them. And when you know God's spoken or when you have his presence, you can step out in faith and see what he does. For some of you today, there may be a river of trouble that God's waiting for you to step into to let him make the way when there seems like no way. It's not all, well, I'm just going to wait till God parts it. Step out and watch what God does. That's the kind of spirit that's this church in this church anyway. I've, I've been saying it. It just comes out spontaneously in my heart. I believe the Lord leads me to say it. But I declare we are a Joshua and Caleb church that is going to see the, the land and say there's, there's fruit to be had. And they're going to say, yeah, there's giants, but there's fruit. And that's what God's doing. All right, I'll... I'll reel back in. Three, yeah, yeah. So paragraph B there under three. Here's the deal. Testimonies come out of testing. Testimonies are birthed out of testing. Now, we don't like the testings, but could it be that in the middle of your testing, God is working and wants to make a testimony out of it? In fact, you can't even say the word testimony without saying test. The Israelites could have crossed over into the promised land 38 years earlier, but they didn't because of unbelief. And so they wandered 38 years being tested. And then when they finally crossed over, they had an amazing testimony. God's wanting to make your testing into a testimony. And along the way, he's conforming us more and more to his image. So don't lose heart in the middle of your testing. Roman numeral four, three reasons God wants us to set up memorial stones. Now, I know there are more, but I, I have three that came to my spirit. Three reasons for, for us setting up and remembering times when God's moved. First is for our children's sake. It's right there in Joshua 4, 6 and 7, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So the, you, the, the children of the Israelites who crossed over they're looking out in this river, seeing this pile of stones. They're going, what's that? And you're like, <clears throat> well, let me tell you what that is. 
that's stacked up there because one day back when I was, you know, when, before you were born, that river parted. And you get to tell them the story. It's really big to God that we pass on our testimonies to our children. In fact, the family unit is the primary means of discipleship for the generation to come. It's really important for, for him. There, there's a Shema is like a, a prayer. It's in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Uh, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And then it says, and you shall teach this to your children as you rise, as you go to bed, as you're walking by the way. It's really big to God that we pass on these testimonies, that we give them confidence, just like they had confidence when they crossed over. So, so there are the two memorials, as I've already said. Um, I loved telling Grace and Kyle testimonies. It was so exciting. And probably now as I get older, they're like, Dad, you keep talking and telling us. But no, you still like it. Okay. But how we got to East Texas the church there, how we got to Austin, the home we're living that we, that we moved to, the, the rental home when we first moved here. There's, there's testimonies that, that I love telling them because it was a God thing. I mean, we were, didn't know, we, were, we knew we were to plant a church here, and we had a house in East Texas in Longview, and we, we had put our house up for sale for six months, did not, I'm telling a testimony right now. Okay. I'm not just going off. Uh, but I would tell Grace and Kyle this testimony about Suzanne had a dream of a tornado coming to hit our house in East Texas. And a policeman stood out in front of the home on the street and blocked her. She had the kids in the car. I was down here in Austin having meetings to start the church. And uh, the policeman stops her and says, you don't go to that house. There's a tornado coming. She says to the policeman in the dream, well, where do I go? And the policeman said, well, I don't know, but you can't go here. And she said uh, to the policeman, well, my husband's in Austin. And the policeman said, yes. And she's right here to check me. But he said, yes, you'll be safe there. Now, this is important because... We didn't have much money, and if we hadn't sold the house, we had our house up for sale for six months, and not one person asked about the house. Not one phone call, nothing. Had Century 21 try to sell it, and then we gave up on that. And so for six months, nothing. And then she gets this dream, and, and out, based on that dream, I said, well, let's go for it. Let's put a deposit down on a rent home. And we had two and a half months in our savings account that, to make double payments. Two and a half months, and we're done, right? But we're like, we had the dream. Let's go for it. Policeman in the dream. Five or six days later, knock on the door in East Texas. In real life now, not a dream. <laughs> a policeman knocked on our door. Suzanne opens the door and says, um, I'm interested in buying your house. Can uh, my wife come back this afternoon? By that, by that evening, they said, yes, we're buying the house. Five days later, glory. Yes, you can clap or not. That's fine. But we had already signed the lease on the house here. 
So we stepped into, we didn't step into it, we stepped into our destiny. Can y'all edit that out offline? Everything's online now forever, right? Lord, guard my lips. All right. So I love telling that. You know, and when you tell a testimony, it prompts other, te- other questions from your kids. Remember Kyle was, when he was about five, was talking about how powerful Jesus is in some testimony. We're driving back home from the church in East Texas, and he got like this look on his face, and he goes, Dad, Jesus is powerful. I said, yeah, Jesus is so powerful. He goes, can Jesus beat up a porcupine? <laughs> I mean, that was really big to him. Because he could not conceive. In the five-year-old mind, how do you juxtapose powerful Jesus actually getting around those quills to beat up a porcupine? And of course, my answer, well, that came out of my mouth. I said, well, Jesus could beat up the porcupine, Kyle, but he doesn't want to. (laughs) Because he's so loving and, you know, this and that. Well, I was teaching them, by the way, as we were going in the Altima, you know, as we were, and so many with grace as well. Just I love the opportunities. So we, we pass those on there for, for our children. Second, memorial stones are for us. I've been talking about that basically for the day here, but I feel like there are three specific things the Lord put on my heart that are ways that memorial stones help each of us. First of all, they bring us peace and calm in the middle of our circumstances. In 2021, I am believing to walk in greater peace and calmness when maybe others around me are not at peace because I'm remembering the things God's done. The disciples in the boat in Mark 8, 13 through 21, won't have time to look at it, but I'll just summarize it. They get in the boat, and they only have one loaf of bread. And Jesus has just done a multiplication miracle, and they're like, oh, no, we forgot the bread. And Jesus is probably going, you guys remember what, we, what just happened? How many, how, many, how many loaves did we have? Five loaves? Yeah, and how many baskets were left over? Uh, Twelve. Oh, and that time before, remember when we had seven loaves? How many baskets were left over, fragments of loaves and fish? Uh, seven. So he was reminding them of when he'd moved in the past so they wouldn't freak out in the present. Second, and I'll, Rachel, y'all can start getting ready. Come on up. Faith. We'll have greater faith. Faith and hope. I want to give you a little something. Knowing, having memorial stones fresh in our heart and speaking them out of our lives give us faith and hope. Faith is confidence in the present that God is for you and he's making a way for you. Hope is confidence in the future that God is for you in the future and that he's making a way when there seems to be no way. He gives us peace and calm. Wouldn't it be great to go through this year with peace and calm, with confidence in the present circumstance and hope in the future? I believe that's what he had them to do 
in is, the Israelites to prepare their hearts. I think about the lyrics of a song that I asked Rachel to prepare called Do It Again. It says, I see you move. You moved the mountains. And I believe you're going to do it again. I've seen you move. I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. That song is, encapsulates everything that's on my heart today. And the enemy tries to erase. Isn't it interesting how the enemy tries to bring up and make you remember all the bad? And and then he tries to stir up. I mean, he wants to stir up all the bad and he wants to erase all the good. I believe there's a fresh grace today to, to, to get out your school bus, get out your objects, get out the things that, that, that are when God moved. I, had, I have 14 scars here. You don't want me to pull up my shirt and show you. But all my scars are testimonies of things through medicine and through God's grace that have brought me here. And by God's grace, I'm healthy today. But I, have, I had a surgeon tell me when I was turning yellow with jaundice and my duct, ducts to my liver were blocked with stones. They couldn't find them. They couldn't get them out. And the surgeon told me, now you don't want a surgeon to tell you this, but the night before the surgery, he looks at me and he goes, I don't know if I can do this. And that's not what you want to hear from the surgeon. He's like, if, if this doesn't work, I'm going to have to cut you open and go in by hand. And Okay, that's enough. I go in the surgery. I come out feeling great. He looks at me and he goes, you know, it was amazing. There was so much scar tissue. But when I went in, it was like it moved out of the way. And I could just get it done. And we went and had food right after. They let me out that next day and we ate, right? He makes a way when it seems like there's no way. Wow, last one. The Lord has us doing some things here for, for our children, for us, and then for others. For others. Our testimonies are for a lost world. They're for the church to encourage our church family, but they're also for the lost. When you're at work and someone's sick in their body and you give a testimony, you recount a memorial stone of how you got healed, and then you pray for them and they get healed, they're open to giving their life to Jesus. They want to know the God you serve. When you give testimonies, it opens people up, it causes their hearts to turn to God, and perhaps they will give their life to Jesus. I'd like you to bow your heads right now. If you're here today or watching on the web stream and you haven't given your life to Jesus, the journey into your promised land can begin today by giving your life over to Jesus. To give your life over to Jesus is basically saying, God, I don't want to wander anymore wondering why I'm here. 
I don't want to just kind of take a stab at why you created me. I want to know. I want to know you, so I give my life over to you. I want to give you, Jesus, control of my life. I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come and live in my heart and lead me from this day forward. If you want that, then when we're dismissed, I want to encourage you to come up and talk to me or talk to one of us and we'll help you along with that. But you want to cross over into the promised land of your life. Father, would you move on hearts that today's the day that they cross into their destiny. Would you stand up, if you would, to your feet? We're going to have some bowls in the back. I'm going to ask you to consider. It's not a whole thing you have to do, but I, I pictured this as I prayed about today. I have some bowls of some stones that, and some pens that rather than on a communion Sunday, you would come forward and get the elements. I'm going to ask you in a moment to go in the back and there are bowls here and you pick up a stone and a pen and then come back to your seat. And, uh, and, and I put a, there's actually a stone in one of these. It's got an S on it for the scars. <laughs> okay, for my scar story. So if you see one with an S, you win a prize. I don't know. But, but I put a, you know, it could be the name of a, of, a, of a relative you're believing God for. Could be a physical thing that you're believing for now that, that in the past you got healed of this or you got delivered of something. But I want you to, to go back and get a stone and get a pen and then come back and and we'll go from there. But Holy Spirit, I ask now that you would lead us just as this act of faith to help us to come, to come away today with an object that is representative of how you've moved in the past. It'll help us to step into what you have for us in the future that requires stepping out in faith.